we're not out of the woods yet. Obviously, there's still a lot of work to do between now and June next year. But I think we all take great comfort in the fact that Tokyo happened, uh, the Olympic Games was de delivered successfully and they kind of showed us all the way. And we can see now since Tokyo that particularly in Europe and the Americas, a lot of sport is opening back up uh, to spectators and to the public and for athletes and teams to be able to move around. I think for us next year, that's going to be the remaining challenge for us is to make sure that we can get athlete representatives from all of our countries. We were lucky that we succeeded in doing that for the Olympic Games. It came down in a few countries' cases. I think you would know this, Vinny, that athletes were located offshore, so they were able to be selected and go from a destination to Tokyo that was closer to Japan and they were able to get there. Hopefully it's a bit easier for us next year. Uh, but I know Ben can speak about this, but he, he and his team are doing a lot of work with the um, health authorities already to put COVID plans in place. No doubt it's going to be a challenge to us, but we've got a lot more hope, I think, than we had three or four months ago uh, before the Olympics were actually done successfully. So fingers crossed we can all have a good game next year. Vicente, what were you doing when CNMI won the hosting rights back in 2014? You, you've obviously had a former life uh, with DFS Saipan, and I guess that would be pretty impacted by the, you know, the travel restrictions we see now as well. So what were you doing back then? Did you have any involvement? And obviously you took on this challenge as CEO earlier this year. So um, you obviously knew what so you were getting a, yourself in for. Honestly, when uh, the NMI got the bid, the late governor, Eloy Enos, if you recall, Andrew, um, sent me a letter to invite me to the game organizing committee. Uh, I recall that uh, because, you know, it, it came from the governor. Uh, then that's in July 2015. Then the following month was the first uh, big typhoon, uh, Typhoon Sotolor, and, and just uh, pretty much recovery effort throughout the next couple of years, including Typhoon Mankut and of course, Super Typhoon U2. But to answer your question, yeah, I was in the tra uh, travel luxury retail. Uh, it, it also impact uh, basically uh, the economy because at the end of the day, you know, we're travel related industry uh, for our island. Uh, and that said, uh, including COVID for that matter, and just totally, um, you know, devastated uh, both the local and the, the economy itself in terms of recovery. My wife actually reminded me on the letter that the governor sent to me. So I was aware till late last year when I got invited to attend the meeting, which is in uh, January, February of this year. And then obviously as this pandemic has gone on, you know, people were hoping last year that things might get back to normal faster than they have. We've had the Delta variant, et cetera. Um, what is the mood on Saipan, uh, Vicente, in terms of uh, be it the organising committee, yourself as CEO, just the locals in terms of whether they believe these games can go ahead, whether they want them to go ahead, what their concerns are, what they're excited about? Good question. The entire environment and landscape of the NMI is quite uh, optimistic. And right now, the entire community is very, very uh, positive, looking forward, very excited for this game. Because uh, uh, we're starting our bubble travel out of Korea. We're one of the few, if not uh, the only one yet, uh, that was approved from Korea. So we're receiving an average of 2,000 travelers uh, last month. So by December of this year, closer to 7,000 travelers. 
So it's a good dry run basically for our next year's game. Uh, just to add on, the ONOC was here a couple weeks ago, right after Japan Olympic. They did share some best practices from Japan Olympic, uh, the playbook, both athletes and, and officials. So we're taking that to and customize it locally in terms of our COVID task force protocol also. But the entire community, uh, both Rhoda, Tinian, the nearby islands, which we're gonna facilitate a game also on each of the island are quite excited. Uh, and you know, uh, on the launch uh, a couple of months ago, we had the flags uh, plastered entire Oleaz sports complex. And it's still with us, we still have it. And of course the countdown, what makes a difference. We have a huge countdown clock in front of our uh, Olai sports complex and everybody was, uh, everybody's uh, keeping an eye on it. So, you know, we're receiving our first shipment of uh, Baja uh, this afternoon, uh, six out of the 18 from Fiji. So the Federation quite excited to unload uh, the container this afternoon uh, and the rest are all coming in uh, in December, uh, including the ones from, uh, from Hawaii. What countries can come into the NMI at the moment can travel to Saipan and, and where can you guys travel to? So right now uh, it's pretty open. Uh, there is some uh, standard procedure in terms of vaccine, uh, vaccinated, uh, PCR. Uh, you do get quarantine uh, mandatory uh, for five days if you're fully vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, it's longer, if not 10, probably 14. And uh, does require obviously a lot of uh, protocol uh, in terms of just arriving on island. So we do welcome all visitors, uh, more so if it's the US via, via US to Saipan. Uh, Japan is our next country uh, that will be facilitating. We're shooting for uh, December. Uh, and that's something that the tourism industry locally are working really hard to, to get our Japanese back. Cause we do have aircraft low cost carrier uh, that facilitates the visit uh, to Saipan and they're quite excited uh, themselves. So uh, with that said, yeah, everyone's welcome. It's just, they have to go through the process in terms of uh, COVID-19 protocol for the NMI. Andrew, you mentioned earlier this year that you guys will be watching Tokyo very closely to, to learn the lessons of how they went about those Olympic games. Uh, what, what's your take on, on that event and what you'll be able to implement uh, in these specific mini games and I guess any future games beyond? Japan obviously had resources that um, we could only dream of in the Pacific, you know, in terms of um, the way they managed uh, the, the flows of athletes in and out of venues, how they had them perfectly quarantined in the, in the games village. Um, I guess, it's it's something we're going to have to work through with the on the ground conditions, things like masks, social distancing, making sure athletes have a plan in terms of where they're going to go. If it's not at competition or in the village or at a training venue, I think Japan was very strict in terms of athlete movements outside of those um, core functions that the athletes had. So we need to really think about that carefully uh, because you know, at one level, the Pacific way, particularly on our rest days, our Sundays where we don't have competition, is the opportunity for villages and local communities to host the athletes um, and have sort of cultural and community exchange. So they're the traditions that we like to uphold. We're going to have to be very careful about the extent to which we can do that next year. 
um, in those sort of downtimes that the athlete's going to have in the program. It's going to be, we're just going to have to wait and see what the conditions are like uh, once we get into the first quarter of next year. How easy is it to travel? What are the quarantine rules when you get there? And um, we'll put the plans in place accordingly for the games. I'm hopeful that travel will be a lot more freely available by that by June of next year and that we can actually get there from all of the countries of the Pacific fairly easily. We'll just have to be very careful with how we, we all manage ourselves on the ground. A lot of these athletes and I guess the Olympic committees that are organising the Games, Pacific Games Associations, a lot of them are going to want certainty well in advance of June uh, in terms of yep. whether they're going to make themselves available to compete. Uh, plenty of other major events next year, of course, as well. So yes. how, how, how do you factor that? And some people might just say it's too hard. They might, but we've got to give them as much certainty as we can without giving information that we don't know is accurate. As I said, we just, we're just going to have to do, do the best we can. We're very mindful of the fact that a lot of our athletes that are going to come to the Games have other commitments right around that time. Um, there's the Commonwealth Games in uh, July. There's World Championships in sports like athletics just before the Commonwealth Games, just after our mini Games. There's the Micronesian Games about a month after in the Marshall Islands. So there's a lot of events that are on the athletes are going to need you're right, they're going to need certainty that if they come to Saipan, they can get back out safely, not sick, uh, onto their next uh, next major competition. Vicente, these games, as Andrew touched on, you know, NMI bid for 2017 and then went again and was successful for 2021. So even with a 12-month delay, this is clearly a games that the people up there want. You guys really want to host your fellow uh, countries and territories, you want to welcome people to Saipan, you want to show off your home. Um, so how much would it mean to you guys to have these games go ahead and, and be a success? Well, it's going to be really, really big. Uh, it's quite important, uh, obviously, for the NMI, uh, just in lieu of our travel industry. Uh, as mentioned earlier, this is one event uh, that we're making history on, uh, first and foremost. And number two, just welcoming our South Pacific uh, family and more so the Micronesian also uh, into Saipan, into NMI uh, is quite important. Uh, we are working really hard behind the scenes in terms of all the protocol. Uh, a good example is the hotel uh, facility. Uh, we're going to treat it like a COVID hotel itself where only athletes can be allowed. Uh, no visitors, for example. Uh, we were, we're using all the best practices currently. Uh, and we have done a really good job, uh, honestly. Uh, as you can see, the numbers just on the NMI side are very, very controlled, uh, more so in the port of entry. Uh, so with that said, I believe it's quite important for the economy itself, more so for the hotel. We're injecting a lot of money into the hotels, the restaurants, for example, and the catering, uh, and just the entire community, business community out there. They're quite excited. Because uh, we haven't had this in a long, long time, obviously since last year, you know, March 2020, when uh, we got locked down. The tourists that are coming uh, currently are very small. Uh, and of course, Korea, there are men, uh, more resort travelers versus spenders. Uh, they do spend obviously on, uh, on groceries and, and gift, but not, not necessarily any luxury items. 
So we're looking forward for more visitors and more so uh, the friends and family of the South Pacific uh, nation and the entire Micronesia uh, to NMI. Um, in terms of the venues, is there anything you need to complete still or is everything ready to go? Just for the athlete village, we're, we're ready. Uh, we're working hard behind the scene, as I mentioned. In terms of the game uh, venues, uh, we're also walk, walking through, if not almost weekly, on some of our logistic uh, challenges that we're, we're facilitating. We're ahead of the game, uh, we think. And at the end of the day, uh, it's the procurement also that we're working on to make sure that we got all the necessary uh, procurement, sports equipment uh, for each of the venue. A uh, good example was the Vaha getting it in uh, and and basically uh, getting it ready on island, if not first quarter of next year. Uh, so the national team also can avail to the new venues and you know have some competition, do some dry runs before the events. Uh, for example, if it's just a Maranas Club between the islands or you know, another international events uh, prior to the Pacific Games. So the more games that we play on each of the venue, the better we'll make sure that we check off the list in terms of any uh, outstanding procurement or adjustment on uh, each of the game requirements. Does all the COVID-19 protocols, be it uh, a potential need for a you know brief quarantine state when they arrive, uh, and in terms of making sure everyone's safe at either accommodation or facilities, does that add much financial cost to these hosting these games? Uh, I'm sure it does, uh, but NMI is ready also to facilitate a very safe uh, environment, uh, more so for the athletes and official when they come to visit. So yes, uh, it's the same as any visitors that, that comes to Saipan, the NMI are ready to facilitate the COVID-19 protocols. So who would pay for that quarantine stay? Would it be the Pacific Games Association's uh, for those countries, or, or is that something you guys can, as the host, can cover? As soon as they land, we are responsible. But of course, they on the athlete side, on the official side, going back to our protocol that we'll be sharing, you know, pre before uh, departure, you know, all their PCR uh, vaccine completed, other you know requirement, health requirement, other than their immigration requirement that that were they will need. But uh, yes, to your point, and again, upon arrival, uh, we'll take it from here. Andrew, from a Pacific Games Council point of view, do you guys have a view, a stance on terms of vaccinations, whether it's mandatory, highly recommended? Is there any bottom lines? Uh, not officially at this stage, uh, Vinny. I think our message would be, you know, to get vaccinated for your own protection, for the protection of your family and your community. Um, I think that's a, a message that all sporting bodies around the world will, will advocate to their membership and their, their stakeholders. Um, but as the sort of hard and fast rules around that, we haven't got to that point yet. It may come. I don't think they got there for the Olympics, but uh, by June of next year, it might be different. We'll have to just wait and see on that. But certainly a, a, a positive pro-vaccination message is, is one that would come from, from the Pacific Games Council. We want to see not just our athletes and not just our hosts in Saipan, but communities generally across the Pacific um, protected. We've seen what's happened in Fiji, uh, in Tahiti, uh, also in Papua New Guinea, where people have lost their lives to this, uh, to this virus and, um, and vaccination is a, is a very strong way of combating that. So 
In terms of actual obligations on the athletes at games time, I think we'll probably have something to say more about that as we get closer. As we've seen with the Delta variant and everything else, things can change pretty quickly months. Yeah, month, we might be dealing with something else next year. It's quite right. What are the various countries' territories, what have they been saying to you over recent months? Uh, you know, be it about Saipan, be it about, you know, Honiara 2023. Um, are you getting much feedback or inquiries in terms of uh, COVID and, and how that's being handled? So, uh, no, part of our marketing uh, in general, both the tourism marketing piece and even the Northern Marianas government marketing piece, uh, well, we welcome visitors. Uh, we, we, we're one of the safest place as part of the pitch. Uh, please come and visit uh, Northern Marianas. Uh, yes, we do have protocol in place. You will get, you know, through the process. However, uh, you know, that we're one of the safest uh, in the nation if not, you know, part of the world also, just because we're small numbers, but we're one of the safest. Everyone is practicing a COVID-19 protocol throughout the islands. At the end of the day, this is why we, we are safe. And uh, with that respect, obviously uh, welcoming visitors now uh, to our islands. And so just finally, gentlemen, um, thank you very much for your time again. Uh, what, what's the sort of timeline? We're in October at the moment, um, you know, roughly eight months to go. What's kind of the key milestones or, or key things you guys are focused on or maybe, you know, particular things that you need to tick off by a certain date as we count down to the mini games? Okay, for my part, uh, a lot of it is our procurement and getting the venue ready. Uh, the venue is, is pretty much set. We, we know where we'll be holding each of the games. As you know, we're an island that we're facilitating procurement. Some of them are 90-day lead time. Some of them are 120 days lead time in terms of getting arriving stuff, for example, out of Europe on like weightlifting sets and what have you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're, we're ahead of the game earlier. That was the first thing that we uh, uh, work on with the National Federation in terms of what they need. Uh, and just on the local side, the Game Organized Committee, as I mentioned, are working behind the scenes uh, on each of the games, each of the venues, uh, and even the marketing piece uh, throughout the island that we're facilitating. Uh, now that I'm getting more staff also and uh, more, um, more uh, what do you call that, work is being done now, uh, you know, in the coming months uh, basically and come uh, January or December, January will be full speed ahead in terms of the entire uh, facility, entire game organizing committee in, in delivering this game. Uh, and to Andrew's point, our goal also is to get a game ready uh, for the Chef de Mazan coming in uh, so we can show them around. And and for us uh, locally, uh, avail to our national uh, national to to partake the new venues you know on the athlete side we're working closely with each of the pga as andrew mentioned we'll be having a, uh, a general assembly in november early november so we'll also be presenting uh on 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 behalf of the northern Marana's uh pacific game and of course pga itself uh on northern Marana's uh, get to see some of the uh, benefits uh, and features of the NMI uh, to present for next year's game. So quite exciting. Uh, and again, the entire community is looking forward.
support for this event. I'm, I'm, I'm like a movie star now, you know, at, uh, in the community. Hey, Ben, good luck. You know, you're doing a good job. You know, quite exciting. You're seeing all the flags. Uh, and just, uh, you know, uh, presentation is important. Uh, keeping the entire community engaged. Uh, so that's the next step also is outreach. We have posters for volunteers. Uh, we're going on the radio. We're going on, on TV soon. Uh, and just, uh, and just uh, you know, uh, showcase our, our event for next year. And from the Games Council's perspective, Andrew, is there any particular targets you need to see met or, you know, what's your involvement? Well, Ben's given a good summary of, of all the things that need to happen to be, to be ready for the Games. I think from our perspective, it's uh, encouraging our members to, to support the Games, sending as many athletes as possible, um, taking advantage of some financial subsidies that we're providing um, to each of the countries to assist their participation. The Athletes Entry Database is actually already opened. Start registering athletes. We'll be later this year, towards the very end of the year, we'll be doing another round of what we call numerical entries to try and get more definition on how many athletes and which sports each country is intending uh, to participate in. And then as we get into next year, refining those uh, into the final entries process. Working closely with the international federations for the nine sports that are on the program to make sure that they're giving this event the support that it deserves. And uh, each of those nine sports are very happy as they always are to be on the program. And the signs so far are that they're excited about being in Saipan next June and, and showcasing their sport. Um, so getting the you know, continued buy-in from the International Oceania Federation is very important uh, to us. Um, and then I think working with Ben and his team as much as we can on um, on doing some broadcasting. The, the budget isn't going to be like a major Pacific Games. It's a shoestring budget like the mini games often are, but trying to get some uh, broadcast component of, of the event next year so that people um, who aren't there uh, can have some sense of what uh, the CNMI is all about as a country and, and how the games look in 2022.